This is the Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman. Brought to you by Decisions in Dentistry and the Academy of Dental CPAs. Whether it's taxes, investing, or planning wisely, Art is your guide to make your dental practice as profitable as possible. Here's your host, Dental CPA, Art Wiederman. And hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of the Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman CPA. I'm your host. My name's Art Wiederman. I'm a dental-specific CPA located in Southern California. I've been practicing as a dental-specific CPA for almost 36 years, and um, we are now recording this podcast in late May of 2020, so we're a little over two months into the COVID-19 pandemic, and uh, as with life for all of us, my podcast has kind of evolved and been reinvented since the middle of March. I've been spending a lot of time talking to all of you about the updates in the SBA loan programs, the pay, Paycheck Protection Program, the EIDL loan uh, program for uh, uh, for small businesses. And uh, as this continues to evolve, uh, there are updates. But what I've decided to do with the podcast is to fit in uh, leaders in dentistry to talk about not only how we can keep you going financially with these loan programs, but also what you should be doing in your practice as many of you open uh, your doors. Some of you are opening full bore. Some of you are opening, uh, I'm hearing the term soft opening a lot. Uh, And my guest today is, this is such a treat. Uh, Dr. Paul Homily is iconic in the world of, of dentistry, uh, dental coaching, consulting, speaking. Um, he is a coach to dental speakers. That is uh, one of the, the great things that he does. And Paul and I are going to talk on this podcast uh, about leadership, but but more importantly, about complete care for your patients. And he's got some great information. So we're going to get to Paul in just a moment. I want to give you some of our information before we get started. Um, if you want to get a hold of me in my office in Tustin, uh, I'm at 704-505-9000. Uh, we've gotten a good number of calls from you. Uh, if you want to email me, email me a question. You have a question on this PPP stuff or this EIDL stuff. I've gotten to literally hundreds of questions I've answered and I've uh, referred uh, many of you to our ADCPA members. Uh, send me an email at artweederman at gmail.com. Uh, go on to the website of our wonderful partner, Decisions in Dentistry, www.decisionsindentistry.com. Uh, they have all of our podcasts. Go ahead and log on and you can actually click a box to go onto our mailing list and to actually request a complimentary 30 minute consultation with one of the members of the ADCPA. And, and, uh, also folks, if you are not working with a dental specific CPA, there is no better time than now to do so. 24 amazing dental CPA firms. Mine is in Southern California, uh, across the United States that represent well over 9,000 dentists, go to our website at www.adcpa.com. 
www.ohmedicalmedicine.org. So today's show, again, is to help you in the opening of your dental office. And uh, I've known Paul Homily. I met Paul. The first time I met Paul was when he spoke to the Academy of Dental CPAs. He actually spoke to us in Baltimore uh, at Alan Schiff's meeting. Uh, and it was actually, I remember it vividly. Um, it was in the um, one of the big rooms at the uh, National Dental Museum in Baltimore. Uh, and I was just so impressed by how eloquently he presents and, and his information is spot on. And then I had the, an honor, uh, with my dear friend, Dr. Phil Potter and my, my partner in our transitions business, which is how I met, you know, also met Paul, uh, you know, to get to know him better. Um, and I attended one of his two day workshops in Dallas and it was, and to this day, um, and I acknowledge Paul every single time I use the information. I use some of the stuff from that workshop because it is just spot on. So let me tell you a little bit about Paul and then we'll get started talking to him. Uh, Paul was an implant and restorative dentist in Charlotte, North Carolina for the first 20 years of his career. And then he's gone into uh, uh, coaching and CE. He provides dental CE on treatment acceptance and leadership communications. He's done that for uh, well over 20 years. Uh, he's been a speaker at every major dental meeting, dental groups, nationally, internationally. Uh, he's written five books, including one of the, my, my favorite one is, Isn't It Wonderful When Patients Say Yes? And I've listened to his tape series about getting your patients to say yes. Um, he also, like I said, provides speaker development programs for many leading dental companies all over the country and the world. So Dr. Paul Homley, welcome to the Art of Dental Finance. Mark, I am thrilled to be here. You know, you and I have uh, run into each other uh, kind of time and time again. I remember that program that you attended. And uh, it, it's funny when I look back on the, well, my 20 years in private practice and now 24 years, Art, believe it or not. Wow. I've been out of dentistry for 24 years, but I feel closer to it than I ever have. Here's why. You know, when I was in practice, it was you know, you're, <laughs> my head's down, I'm grinding teeth, I'm treating patients. There's a huge amount of energy and focus it takes to practice complex restorative dentistry. Um, when I left practice due to an eye disability, I began to kind of look around me and see well, what are other practitioners doing? And, and it was through my relationships with them that I decided to build my consulting company, my training company, and and, you know, Art, I thought I knew a lot about the treatment acceptance process, the new patient process. I thought I knew a lot about that when I was in practice. But I'll tell you what, I know a heck of a lot more about it now because, I, because I've, I've looked at what the best people have been doing in the industry and kind of compared it to what I did and kind of blended things together. So I'm excited about talking to you today about what I've learned and, 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 and probably as excited about where we can go with this information. Well, so our thanks for having me. Well, Paul, thank you for your your valuable time and your and your insight and 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 your knowledge is just incredible for me. I've learned so much from you uh, as will be for our listeners. So, let's start off. March 16th hit. What has your life been like? What uh, you know, for the last 7 weeks. I know you and I talked about the fact that you're aren't you on the road a good amount of the time? I mean, before this like 30, 40 weeks a year? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. When the coronavirus hit, you know, when it came on TV and everybody started, you know, shaking at the boots, um, all of my scheduled programs 
all of them, probably, oh, I would say 12 or 13 programs between that moment and September, all of them rescheduled. Poof, scorched earth. Eric, this is the first time I can remember in the last 30 years, I haven't had a plane ticket to go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> which, which at this uh, moment is probably not a bad thing. It's, it's not a bad thing. But, but here's what's interesting about this whole thing. And I get asked this a lot about, uh, you know, what have you been doing during this pause time that we've had? Eric, this is not the first time that we've had major disruption. Right. Let me take you back in time. 1975, that's the year I graduated dental school. 1975, that was the height of the Arab oil embargo. Remember sure. that one, Art? Of course. That, that's when the, uh, you know, the Arab, the oil producing nations, OPEC, remember that? Yep. OPEC decided to um, screw around with the oil distribution system and the pricing system. I remember there was people lined up in gas stations with baseball bats trying to get gasoline for the car. That's the year I graduated. So how do you go into the how do you go into private practice with all that confusion and frenzy in the marketplace? I ended up enlisting in the United States Navy as a Navy dentist. Okay. Well, what happened after that? Well, what happened after that? Uh, graduated rather came out of the Navy, went into private practice, and then it was. AIDS. Remember the AIDS epidemic. Now, sure. wow, that really that really tipped the apple cart. Dentists had to wear gloves and masks and bonnets. We can't practice dentistry with gloves on. Remember that one? Well, I, we I got over it. I remember Kimberly Bergalis and the expose on 60 Minutes that basically told yes. the United States of America that, oh, you can't go to the dentist. You're going to get AIDS. Remember that? You're going to get AIDS. Yeah. And, and dentists started advertising, we sterilize our equipment. I'm going, what? That's like a restaurant advertising. Our food is not poison. <laughs> <laughs> we cook our chicken. <laughs> we, we cook our chicken. And then what ha happened after that? Then 9-11. Um, yeah. No, no, no. 2018, the housing crisis, the housing crisis, stock market crashes. 2008. Right? Yeah, what happened absolutely. after that? Yeah, 9-11, yeah. bang, airplanes stopped flying. And so for me, this has been deja vu. For me, it's this is a bit of a stab from the past. Is it is it greater in scope? Yes, it's greater in scope, but the the outcome is the same. It creates stress. And the whole stress um, experience changes people. Some people see stress as a threat. And they focus on survival. Some people see stress as a challenge and they seek to learn from it. So, Art, you've asked me what I've been doing in the last 60 days. Well, I was stressed. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and to tell you the truth, when all my programs, when all my programs canceled, I started focusing on survival. But, you know, I've taken good care of my finances. So I had a little war chest. So, I wasn't worried about paying my bills, but I was concerned about, is my speaking career over? I mean, you, you think about that, right? You see, in 1995, I was 20 years into practice, and I woke up one day, and my right eye was so crossed. It, it, the lateral rectus muscle in my right eye ruptured. My eye was so crossed, you couldn't even see my oh pupil. My. I looked like Freddy Krueger. It was all white. <laughs> okay. I end up going to the eye surgeon, and he says, you know, you're going to need surgery, and uh, we're going to straighten your eye, but if you continue to practice dentistry, 
It's going to cross again. I won't be able to fix it again. You're going to go the rest of your life with a crossed eye. Yeah. Art, I'm 20 years into practice. I got two kids in college. I've got a beautiful facility in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm speaking all over the country. I'm running a commercial dental laboratory. I got a consulting business. And the eye surgeon tells me, you're done. This art, he says, he says, you're done. You need plan B. I went, Oh, hell, plan B. What could possibly be plan B? And art, the crossed eye was a pre existing condition. Because when I was 20 years old, when you know, when you fill out the medical history form for your disability insurance, you check those little boxes, uh-huh. right? Have you ever had the following? I checked crossed eyes because I had crossed eyes when I was a kid, right? And so I was I was bareback. I had no income. Nope. I had no disability, no disability insurance. insurance. Yep, yep. Yeah. So yep. I needed to eat. <laughs> That's right. Well, and, and and we all have to adapt to what life throws us. And, and, that's and, right. And so, so, Paul, so Paul, what you've been talking to Dennis in this seven, you know, the, over the last, you know, two, two and a half months. What are you hearing? What, what's the attitude of the dental profession out there? Uh, I, I know you haven't been presenting programs, but you've been talking to dentists and people in the industry. What, what are you hearing? Sure, I have. Sure, I have. You know, there's, there's two groups. There's two groups. I mentioned this a little earlier. There's the dentists who freak out. They may not have um, a war chest. They may not have savings. Uh, they're laying off people. They're, they don't know what they're going to do. Uh, maybe this is the first time in their life they've had a significant setback. These are the people that, that put their head down and they go into survival mode. They're focused cutting costs, reducing risks, staying below the radar. Okay. And I'm not saying that it's wrong. I'm not saying that's wrong at all, Art. I'm just saying that's the response I see. And that's probably 80% of the dentists, because I've been on lots of webinars and I've oh, yeah. talked to a lot of dentists. Um, but there is there's a smaller percentage, maybe 10, 15, 20% that look at COVID as, okay, what's the opportunity here? Exactly. Okay? You see, they say, what's the opportunity here? And here's the difference between these two groups. The differences in leadership are, you see, the, the dentists who look at COVID and say, okay, what can I learn from this? After they get over the shock, okay, everybody's going to have shock. After people deal with safety, it's, it's Maslow's rules here, right? Right. Safety first, right. right? Once we deal with the safety issues, then that, that 10% of dentists who say, okay, how, how can we reconfigure? How, how can we grow? How can we see the opportunity here? These dentists are manifest leadership. And you know what, Art? They've been manifesting leadership all along, even before the crisis. These are the people who, these are the dentists who have focused on, you know, building the practice that's based on relationships, not on transactions. These are the dentists that looked at the patient's and saw their complete care needs and offered them the complete and, care and needs. we're going to get and we're going to get into all that absolutely um yeah so paul let me ask you first because i want there's so much i want to talk to you about today sure. um you know you, you and i've talked about and you've said in your videos is that that the COVID 19 uh pandemic is really a crucible event and that, that leadership's key so so how, how do we get dentists who who don't think about leadership i mean 
I've been to leadership courses for dentists and they're not full. Dentists don't like to go to those because it, it scares them. How do we get them? How do we get them to transform this crucible event into them becoming better leaders? Let's start that conversation. And then we, I really want to spend a good amount of the time yeah. with you talking about this complex care issue because it's huge. Okay. Okay. Crucible events are those events that change us. Those events are usually negative. Okay, but a crucible event is any event that changes your life irrevocably, that there's no going back to way, the, the way things were. And there are some individuals that experience crucible events and they come out stronger on the other side. Those people have what's termed adaptive capacity or adaptive capacity is transforming crucible events into growth experiences. Now, the question then becomes, well, how do dentists who may not be good leaders um, manifest adaptive capacity, right? Right. During this crisis? Well, <laughs> that, that question um, is kind of like... Um, uh, Here's the metaphor. Asking dentists who've never led to lead now during this crisis is like teaching somebody to swim by throwing them overboard. Now, now I will tell you, Paul, when I was about seven years old, my stepdad threw me into the middle of a pool in Jones Beach and said, if you don't want to drown, you better swim to the edge. And he really did do that. So maybe it do that does work sometimes, but uh, not usually. Sure. Sure, it does. But, but you know, with, with, with dentists, with dentists, um, and Eric, you know, I'm not blaming anybody here. This is not an anti-dentist thing at all. Because no. I was, everything I'm saying, I've done at one time too. But, you know, prior to COVID-19, most dentists are focused on fixing teeth. And that takes a lot, Art. It's consuming. You've got all the moving parts of patients are the least of the issues. Oh, yeah. It's dealing, it's dealing with the team. It's dealing with the lab. It's dealing with your lenders. It's dealing with your facility. It's dealing with your personal life. It's your kids. There's so many moving parts that we get just consumed in this task centeredness. And we don't, it, it's like all these tasks camouflage our leadership responsibilities because we've got only so many hours in the day and only so much energy. Now, poof, coronavirus comes along. And bam, there's no dentistry to do. The question then becomes, well, what's the dentist role in the dental practice if he's not or she's not fixing teeth? Right. And and what we found is that some of them are actually, and this leads on to my next question to you is, uh, we see a lot, and I'm sure you do, of dentists just saying, all right, office manager, you're going to come up with a plan and, and you're going to figure this out and, and you're going to be the leader. That That's dangerous, isn't it? <laughs> Oh, it's, it's, it's crazy is what it is. Here's why. Because, you know, when you rely on team members, and I'm not an anti-team member, but when you rely on a team member to, um, well, for example, manage during this or lead during this COVID-19 crisis, are, are they leading based on managing tasks or are they leading based on pursuing a vision? I, I had a great conversation last night with two dentists. This is on a, on a Zoom piece. Let me take a little sip of water here. Sure. And, and we were talking about what they were doing. And uh, 
well, we're only working three days a week, but we're seeing 30 to 50 new patients a month. And, um, you know, we've got three operatories and we're going and going and going. And uh, we're back to 85% collections. And the more they were talking to me, the, the more my ulcer began to act up, <laughs> you know. And, you know, when they got done telling me what they were doing, and I asked, is this the kind of practice you want to have? Well, it, it feels like we're getting back to normal. Um, you know, what can we do to get back to normal? You see, I see that as the wrong question. Okay. Because back to normal for so many dentists is not what they really want out of their practice. Do they want to have to hustle and bustle all their life? They're, they're yeah. suffering from hurry sickness. Yeah. They're task centered. Well, if you have a team member that's making calling the shots as far as leadership is concerned, are those shots being called to manage tasks or are there shots being called to create environments in the dental office that will allow dentists to evolve into the practitioners they want to become? A so, good example, go a good example of this is, is, is how the appointment book is handled. Most, you know, and when I was talking to these two dentists, and this is true for so many dentists, the, the front desk people who manage the appointment book, for them, what constitutes a job well done is having the schedule full, right, Art? Right. Having a full schedule. That's, you're doing a good job. Well, a full schedule may not be in the best interest of the, the ability for the dentist to manifest the best versions of themselves. If a dentist is overscheduled, there's no way that he or she can connect with patients and and make it easy for patients to say yes to complete care. So, so the answer to your question, the, 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 the danger in team members leading is that oftentimes they'll, they'll manage tasks well, but, but they don't pursue a vision because the vision hasn't been communicated or maybe it's never been communicated. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes all the sense in the world. And the other thing, Paul, is in your scenario, first of all, I want to go back to your 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 talk with these two dentists last night. So there are two dentists, 30 to 50 new patients a month in three treatment rooms. I mean, they're gonna run out of space just for hygiene. I mean, to me, they need a bigger facility, first of all, it sounds like. And and they need to get right. off the grinding and spending more time. We call them, I think we call them roller skate dentists. <laughs> you like yeah, that? Well, they're grinders. They're, they're grinders. Yeah. And you, you see, being overwhelmed feels normal. That's right. But but it, it's <laughs> not the ultimate highest and best, uh, not, not the highest and best use. So if a dentist isn't a leader, Paul, okay, uh, you know, they, they just have it in their mind. They're not a leader. It's like, you know, uh, me, I, 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 you know, there are things that I just don't do. I don't fix things well. And I don't. And when someone says, all right, you got to learn how to do this, I just go, I don't want to. And that's human nature. But right. I, I don't think leadership, not to downgrade anything that, that you or any of your colleagues teach, it, it it's not complete rocket science. It, it's just having a plan and getting up because people want to be led. If they didn't want to be led, they would own their own businesses, right? And that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. You know, our, uh, okay, so let's take the scenario. Here's a dentist. He hasn't been or she hasn't been a good leader. 
And, you know, I, you know, I'm just forgive me this he, she thing with Dennis. I'm just going to say he, okay. and women who are listening to this. I love you guys. <laughs> I love you. I do. <laughs> but let's just, let's just simplify this. Okay. Dentists, dentists who don't see themselves as leaders, what can they do now that they've gotten a smack upside the head and they realize, my God, I'm going to need the lead. I'm going to need to lead my team getting back into practice. I'm going to need to lead my patients who accepting complete care. I'm going to need to lead the financial aspects of my business a little bit better. What can these dentists do to become better leaders? Well, there's lots of great leadership resources. Yeah, I was going to ask you to share some of those maybe. One, one of my favorites, one of my favorites, this is a scholarly piece. This is kind of a head piece. Or it comes from Harvard Business Review. Go online, HBR. Dot com Harvard Business Review, and download the article, Leadership Fundamentals. It's a series of three or four different articles that's regarded as the best of Harvard Business Review and talks about the, 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 the higher aspirations that leaders see. It's terrific study. Next, I would recommend um, just about anything that the Center for Creative Leadership the website there is www.ccl, charliecharlielima.com, ccl.com. Uh, I'm a, an alumni of their leadership development program. I'm a, um, a licensed in, in all their leadership assessments. They have a wonderful bookstore there, art, where you can pick up, you know, really user-friendly stuff. And, and that will give you kind of a flavor of the bigger picture of, of leadership. I, I wanted to ask you, too, because, you know, I've had dentists who I've had this conversation with in my conference room, and they go, well, do, I haven't done this forever. They're going to think that, 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 that there's something wrong or, I, or they're going to think I have cancer because I want to become a leader. That's what they're going to think. They're going to think I'm sick or something. And, you know, <laughs> and I've heard, and I want your comment on this because this is my opinion. There is nothing, in my opinion, Paul, that is wrong with being vulnerable to your team and saying, hey, guys, listen, I know I have maybe not stepped up in the leadership role as much as I should have or, or could have, but I'd like to change that. I want to become a better leader. I want to lead this team. I want us to be successful. I need your help. What do you think about something like that? I think you have to do that, Art. Yeah. I, 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 and, and I do that. You know, I work I work with a, a individual who helps me with my marketing. And, you know, she is all dialed in with all the social media and click funnels and all that stuff. And I told her, I said, I've been old school. You know, for 30 years, I'd show up at a program. I would do a seminar. At the break, three people would come up to me and hand me their business card and say, hey, can you do our, can you do our seminar too? I did that for 30 years, and it worked beautifully. However, now that the live speaking situation is sort of curtailed, I've been forced to get more into social media, click funneling and all that. I've been doing that for the last year and a half. Now, I had to be vulnerable to the people that I work with and my team members. So I think that having team – see, here's the deal with team members. Those, ten, those team members that intend – those team members, when you challenge them, right, when you challenge a team member – it, it, as to being an accountability partner to my leadership, right? Those team members that you challenge, those that intend to excel will meet the challenge. Those team members 
who do not intend to excel, when you challenge them, they'll hide. They'll find something else to do. They won't become team players. So in, in the dental office, Art is not a safe haven for the uninspired, especially now. So your comment about a dentist being vulnerable, number one, they they don't even like hearing that word. Well, <laughs> no. It's a weakness. But I think sitting down with the team and saying, we're going to move forward. I, I have a new vision and I need your help. And let's move forward. And you don't need to confess all your sins of the past. Team members will do that on their own. <laughs> yeah, they'll let you know what you've done wrong. That's right. Uh, yeah, they'll let you so, know. They put your foot on the gas and just go forward. So, so no, I love the idea. Or so, so tell your team, hey, we're going to try some new things here. Paul, we're what gonna I want, we're going to do some new things. Here. Exactly. What I want to do now before we're going to jump into the complete the uh, complete care conversation for the rest of the podcast is you have got so many incredible resources and, and your your books, your tape series. Uh, I'd like you to share a little bit. And again, folks, you, you've now listened. This is episode, I believe, number – this will be 77 or 78. So I, I don't sell um, my guests' uh, services. That's not what this is about. This is providing great information. But but you're listening to a man who is one of the top coaches and speakers in the world in this profession. And he's got unbelievable resources. So, Paul, talk a little bit about what – what dentists can can if they go on your website or how they can uh you know work work with 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 you or 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 whatever you've got going on tell us a little bit about that well you know i've got a couple things art that really fit perfectly into this covid-19 crisis you know about oh, two and a half three years ago i started uh creating online programs uh to where dentists and teams could study them together in office and you know, I, I designed them so they're affordable, uh, they're high production quality. I would, I would say that and the, the two online programs that, you know, we were talking about what can dentists do to become better leaders. H- here it is. Adopt resources, you know, bring in resources that act as an adjunct to your leadership capability. There's two programs I have online. One is called Making It Easy for Patients to Say Yes. This program uh, is about, and this is a recorded online online program, is, is for that mid-career dentist that's been in practice, let's say, our eight, 10 years. They've been successful with bread and butter dentistry, but they, they want to step up to do more complete dentistry, more cosmetic dentistry, more implants. That's what this program is suited for. It's for the more experienced dentist who wants to add more complex care procedures to the practice. The second online program I have is called Case Acceptance Skills for New Dentists. Now, this program is designed for the the younger dentist who's been in practice, let's say, fewer than five years. Its emphasis is on developing leadership competencies early. What if dentists learned leadership early in their career instead of waiting 30 years to do it when they're ready to transition their practice. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, what a concept. Yeah. So the the case conversation, the, the treatment presentation conversation is a leadership conversation art. And I teach young dentists how to recommend complete care to patients with confidence and doing it in such a way that they begin to build good habits early 
in their career. I can't tell you how many times at the end of this live seminar, some dentist will walk up to me. He's 65 and says, oh, man, homily, I wish I heard you 40 years ago. I, get I wish I learned thing. this. I wish I knew this when I first started practice. And my comment to them is, I wish I knew it, too, when I first yeah. started so, practice. So I'm, I'm <laughs> going to give you back something from your Dallas seminar that I, to this day, use. And that was probably 10, 15 years ago. So, so folks, Paul, Paul's talking about, you know, he talks about the, the, the right, uh, uh, you know, the, the, he, he talks about a case presentation and he talks about a woman named Michelle who owns an art gallery. Do you remember this, Paul? <laughs> yeah, sure. Go and ahead. Michelle basically has an art dealer who comes in and calls on her in her art gallery. Now, again, folks, this is near and dear to my heart because as I've told you, my wonderful wife, Lynn, of 35 years, uh, just celebrated our 35th anniversary. She is a professional painter, one of the best. I'm, I'm partial in the country, but she, she's, she's, uh, in an in art gallery. So, um, you know, Michelle has uh, this uh, art dealer who calls on her who she kind of likes, but she's really ashamed of the, the black spots on her teeth and she doesn't smile. And, and Paul walks through this whole scenario of when Michelle goes to the dentist of how, you know, Michelle, uh, I know your number one priority is getting ready for your art opening and, and, and getting that, that black spot, but you have other issues in your mouth that, that we'd like to talk about. And he goes through this whole thing and I'm sitting there, I'm taking like these copious notes, pages and pages of notes. And, and it just all makes sense. Did, did I get the story right? Pretty much, Paul? Oh, yeah. That's, and, and we'll get into, we'll get yeah. into how to, how to, how to talk to patients about complete care. So, but getting, getting back to those online programs. Here's here's what your listeners can do. Here's what your and your listeners can do it right now. Yeah, pick up pick up your smartphone, and and text the the word leadership. Text the word leadership to five five four four four. Text leadership to five five four four four. And what that will do that will set up a sequence of events. You'll get a notice on your phone saying it's okay for me to send you stuff. And what you'll do is you'll get a link to these online programs. Art, I've got free sample lessons. You can sample the lessons. You can sample the videos. You can put your toe in the water. You can you can see what all this is about. So it, it, the, the online programs really focus on two areas. Number one, the case presentation process is a leadership conversation. That's that's it's philosophical. Um, uh, true north right there. The second thing it focuses on are the how-to, step one, step two, step three, step four. So it's it's philosophical in its approach, but it's very practical in its application. So just text leadership to 55444 and then uh, you, you, you can make up your own mind on it. And what's what's the website? Because I, I went on your website yesterday, and I'm going to start the conversation. I, I love your Phantom of the Operatory. We're going to talk about that. But um, <laughs> but 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 what's the what's the website so they can look at your uh, what you get going on? Yeah, my website is www.paulhomily.com. P a u l h o m o l y 
Com. Yeah, and folks, once you I, go onto the website, then you can just navigate through. I, I have listened to his making the patient, getting the patient to say yes. It is really, mm-hmm. really good stuff. I kid you. I, and I've I've listened to it several times over the last 15, 20 years, uh, and and it's more important now than ever. All right, so let, let's. I want to get into this. So, so you you talk about this Phantom of the Opera Opera. I've seen the. I've seen the play Phantom of the Opera three times. Uh, I loved, I love that play. I could watch it all day long. And a lot of them have told me they're going to be very, con- a lot of our dentists say that, well, I'm going to be really conservative, soft opening, don't blow the patients away. And you're an advocate, Paul, and this is what we're going to talk about the rest of the show is complete care, offering complete care to dentists. Why? I mean, if a dentist in his mind says, I, you know, these guys are all coming off of COVID-19, they have no money, they're unemployed, they're up. But, but, but you're, you're telling a different story. Talk about why complete care is so important. Wow. This is, this is, um, the, the, I think probably the topic of the year right now is how does the COVID-19 influence the mindset of patients? Okay. And as importantly, or more importantly, how does COVID-19 influence the mindset of dentists? You see, um, the, the, the history of my history of understanding dentist ability to present complete care is very, very clear. Uh, Art, uh, I've done live workshops and live seminars for over 30 years. For the last decade, I've included in my seminars anonymous polling to where attendees at seminars can answer questions anonymously on their cell phone and the answers appear on the projection screen for everybody to see it. So I would ask questions about, you know, the type of practice they have and where they practice. But all of that really was to lead up to the big drum roll question. Here's the big drum roll question. I would ask uh, my audiences, I've asked this to thousands of dentists for over a decade. Here's the question. How many of you are reluctant to offer complete care to patients out of fear of overwhelming them or losing them from sticker shock? How many of you are reluctant of offering complete care to patients out of fear of losing them or overwhelming them, losing them from sticker shock or overwhelming them? Art, over 70%, over 70% of dentists with anonymous surveys live during my workshops admit that they are reluctant to offer complete care out of fear. Out of, of fear. Fear of what? Of, fear, what what of are they fear. afraid of? There's a couple of things they're afraid of, okay? Number one, they're afraid of overwhelming patients, right? The patient comes in with multiple conditions, complex um, differential diagnosis, multiple providers, the dentist explaining that just blows the patient's mind. They get overwhelmed. When patients are overwhelmed, they do nothing. Number two, the patient will ask, well, doctor, how much does all this cost? And dentists are notoriously bad about quoting fees. Oftentimes, they won't quote the fee. They'll say, well, let me bring my treatment coordinator, Ginger, in here, and she'll talk to you all about that. Ginger walks in ice cold, really doesn't know the patient that well, looks at the treatment plan and says, your total care is $28,000. Patients go, holy God, I had no idea it'd be that expensive. What makes it so expensive? And now sweet Ginger, the treatment coordinator, is sitting on her hands. And, you know, we we put the treatment coordinators in an impossible 
situation. Patient says, well, I want to go home and think about it. Well, they're not going home to think about it, Arthur. They're going home to drink about it. Yeah. It's what it boils down to. So dentists are afraid of losing the patient. But, you know, there, there's another thing going on here, Art, is I, I think that one of the biggest reasons is that dentists, dentists don't know how to respond when the patient says no, because we haven't been trained to, we, we've been, we've been told in dental school, continuing education and journal articles and lots of a circuit dental speakers talk about educate, educate, educate. If you educate your patients, if you do a good job of educating patients, photographs, x-rays, CAT scans, mounted study models, centric relation, right? If you do a good job educating patients, uh, any educated person will want to have their teeth fixed. Right. Educate people into readiness. I could not disagree more with that statement. Right. I agree with for, you. For, for, for decades, I educated patients and, and patients, patients want the care. The problem is, is oftentimes they're not ready for it because of their budget or their life events. So dentists fear offering complete care because, well, what do they say when the patient says no? Oftentimes they're not even in the room, Art, when the patient says no. They're saying no to the treatment coordinator. Or the assistant the, or the hygienist. Or the assistant. And the dentist doesn't find out until that afternoon when everybody's getting ready to go home or the next morning. So the fear of sticker shock, the fear of overwhelm, the fear of not knowing what to say when patients aren't ready for care is the basis of my work on how to recommend complete care with no fear, with no fear art of losing patients from sticker shock. So, and so, go ahead. I was going to say, so Paul, maybe, maybe a good thing. Cause I, I was watching your phantom of the operatory video and you, you actually do a little uh, role play. I don't know if I'm going to do role play with you, but, but maybe, you know, you, you can give a, a little bit of a tidbit of some examples of, you know, the, the doctors in the, in the treatment room with the patient and they see the complete care issue. Just, just how do you, how does the dentist approach this, especially now in, in, in this COVID-19 era? Right. Well, you know, our, let's, let's really kind of, let's put the whole scene together. Yeah, let's here's do that. Whole, here's, here's the whole scene. Um, number one, um, the COVID-19 has changed medicine and dentistry forever. Patients know that. They see it on TV every day. So it's no surprise to patients that things are different. Um, they're going to have their temperature checked. People are going to be not touching them. There's a lot of change, okay? Changes in the air, number one. Number two, there is strong links between oral conditions and systemic conditions. Oh, yeah. There are oral conditions that will exacerbate systemic conditions, okay? N number Number three, that the dentist needs to communicate to all new patients or all patients, period, that things have changed. And the dialogue would sound something like this, Art. And I would do this either one-on-one -on -one with a patient in a consultation room. I could do this with teledentistry. I could do this on Zoom with right. a patient. Right. Okay. I can do it live or I can do it recorded. It kind of sounds like this. And, and you're the patient, Art. Okay. Can I, can I be Art. Michael Crawford since we're doing Phantom of the Opera? <laughs> 
Okay, Michael. Okay, just call me Michael. Okay, go ahead. Okay, Michael. Uh, hey, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing you next week as our new patient. Uh, Michael, the reason that you're watching this recorded video right now is that uh, the delivery of dentistry has changed because of the COVID-19 crisis. I think you're aware of that. Uh, healthcare has been under tremendous pressure and we're, we've adapted really well. One of the things I want you to know is that we have a, a heightened responsibility of making sure that our patients are aware of any dental condition that may complicate any systemic condition. As you know, the coronavirus is very opportunistic for patients with certain underlying uh, pre-existing conditions. Dental conditions can make those conditions worse. At, at the end of your exam, I'm going to explain to you all the conditions in your mouth and, Mike, I'm going to recommend complete care to you. Now, you may elect not to treat some of all the conditions that I recommend to you, and that's your choice. But, Mike, I want you to know that I don't have that choice anymore and that the standard of care now is higher. So when you come in, expect a very thorough exam. Expect for us to sit down. Expect for me to talk to you about all your dental conditions, and then you and I will decide what's appropriate for you today. So, so what you're doing, Paul, is you're taking this horrible, terrible virus that has killed over 100,000 people and has infected 5 million people around the planet, and, and you're turning it into an actual opportunity for the dentist to provide the complete care to say, listen, if we fix the stuff going on in your mouth, it might be the difference between you getting this virus and not getting this virus, right? Yeah, that's right. And we don't want to threaten patients. No, 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 no. Oral conditions. We don't want to threaten patients. But you see, here's the big difference. Here's the big difference. I, I hear, and you, you hear this too, Art, dentists will say, well, you know, gosh, people are losing their jobs. They're losing their benefits packages. How can they offer complete care under these circumstances? Well, you, you see, it, <laughs> the, the, the standard of care, the standard of care is offering complete care, not the patient accepting it. You see, there's nothing stopping us from offering complete care. You know, our, you know, when I first got into dentistry, the definition of complete dentistry was, it sounded like this. Complete dentistry is the minimum amount of dentistry to restore patients to optimal function, comfort, um, phonetics, aesthetics, and airway. Okay, airway has been a recent addition. Well, what I'm saying to you now is that definition of complete care is no longer adequate. Why? Because we must protect patient safety during their treatment. So the new standard the, the new definition of complete care is the minimal amount of uh, dentistry necessary to return patients to the optimal uh, comfort function, uh, structure, uh, aesthetics, phonetics, airway, and patient safety. Patient safety. Right. So, so now what, what I'm, what I'm advocating here is in, in, in some serendipitous way, COVID-19, it can give us can give dentists that nudge they needed to have the courage to offer complete care. You see, 
a patient's let it make let it be the patient's decision not to accept care. Don't make it the dentist's decision not to offer it. As long as you're offering it, you've met. And what I'm saying here is that offering complete care, Art, is the new standard of care. Well, and, and the other thing, Paul, is, and, and I've been talking about this for years, the link between periodontal disease and heart disease and liver disease and every other disease and sure. cancer. And, and, and it's actually a liability issue because dentists have been and will get sued uh, I mean, li- I have been an expert witness about 15 times in my career in, in dental specific cases. I've, you know, not, not being sued, but I've been an expert witness. Litigators are nasty and they're going to say, well, you know, Dr. Homley, um, you, did you do a comprehensive, um, non-surgical periodontal treatment analysis? Did you probe? Uh, do you know this patient had six millimeter pockets? Did you recommend root plane? And, 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 and a lot of them don't and they don't see this. And it could be a liability issue too, right? Sure, it can be a liability issue. And, you know, everything's a liability issue. You yeah. know, the, you know the, the whole medical legal community, that's a dysfunctional whole. <laughs> that's a dysfunctional whole group. That's why I didn't go to law school. There, you know, but, you know, okay. Okay, so there's medical. But, but, but I would say the bigger purpose, the bigger reason to recommend complete care now is to protect our patient from opportunistic pre-existing condition. Yep. Now, Art, I'll go toe to toe with anybody and debate that one right there. No, I, 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 you, you can't, you can't lose on this. And, and yeah. what I'm hoping, folks, that this does, that that Paul is painting this picture is that step one is recognize that you need to be presenting and and implementing a a practice where you're offering complete care to every patient and understand don't don't get upset like oh they're not going to accept it oh i'm i'm being rejected i don't want to be rejected nobody likes being rejected but offer this and then once you get the mindset of yes this is what's right for me to do it goes to the core of who i am then we take the next steps for the, the learning the verbal skills and right isn't that kind of how this works paul that's exactly how it works. You see, uh, by my saying, recommend complete care to patients, dentists still will have that lingering thought. Yes, but what about sticker shock? What about overwhelm? Well, the, the, the process that I teach in those two online programs alleviate the potential for losing patients to sticker shock. Because, you know, what did I say to you uh, in, when you were in the role of Mike? What did I say to you? I said, I'm going to recommend treatment for all conditions. And you may elect not right. to treat some of those conditions. That will be your choice. But I don't have the choice. You see, what we've done, we've already built in the behavioral backdoor for patients to, to not accept care without them feeling embarrassed or us feeling stressed because we've already said there may be conditions they may not be interested in, as opposed to art, just treatment planning, you know, chief complaints and, and kicking the can down the street as far as the periodontal disease, the missing teeth, the malocclusion, the phonetic issues, the airway issues. Well, they're not ready for that. Let's just take care of this. Let's just take care of this. And, and I would say this to any dentist listening right now. If, if you have a practice that 
your your sig- most significant source of income is same day dentistry. That is, patient comes in, you're doing an exam, and you bang out a uh, root canal, crown buildup, uh, and crown, uh, and leave the rest of the dentistry for the hygienist to recommend downstream. Your days are numbered. Your days are numbered. You're doing a disservice. You're, you're, not only you're doing a disservice, but now, now the, the whole ergonomic, the whole practice delivery dynamic are it, 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 the association and in regulate regulators regulators guidelines as far as PPEs and aerosols and air turbines and room sterilizations this de- diminishes the efficiency of modern healthcare delivery we are no longer going to have the the privilege of hopping from chair to chair seeing three different patients at the same time hopping from room to room oh you can do it but how are you going to maintain all of the sterility oh, no. and the clean environment. So where we have to evolve towards is longer appointments, one patient and treating as many conditions as we can during that one long appointment. So you're only doing one room setup, one PPE, one room sterilization. Now, are all patients going to accept that type of, no, they won't. But the closer you get to that, the better things will be. You know, sometimes you don't need to fix things 100%. Sometimes if you fix things 25%, it feels like 100%. Right. And at the end end of the day, and this is, and I'm thinking 36 years as a dental CPA. I know I'm an honorary DDS. I get mail that says Art Wiederman, Dr. Art Wiederman. So I feel like I'm a dentist like like, like you are. (laughs) I don't have your skills. But but anyway, so I'm thinking in the dentist's mind, they're thinking, Paul, well, you know, if I do that, they're going to just think I'm a used car salesman. I'm just trying to sell them something. And it's all in the presentation of explaining, doctor, listen, I've got you know, th- this is not about me generating extra revenues off of you. This is about your health and your well-being. And that's what goes to the core of what I'm about. And, and yeah, you give them the choices and, and they have to think there are going to be people who are going to say he's a used car salesman because they don't get it. There's two types right. of people in this world, Paul, those that get it and those that don't. You're one that gets it. I like to think most days I'm one that gets it, but a lot of people are <laughs> not. But but if you do this, at the end of the day, you can go home and you can say, I have done everything that I can to help every patient in my practice maintain good and total health. And, and at the end of the day, if they don't accept it, it's on them, right? Yeah, well, you know, this really goes back to the leadership conversation. You know, the, the case, the case conversation that is sitting down and presenting care to the patient. You know, my experience is there's really, I, I see three distinct styles. The first style of case presentation, I'll call it the patient education method. This is what we learned in dental school. This is what we learned in continuing education. This is the style where you, do complete diagnostics, photographs, x-rays, all this stuff. You go do the tour of the mouth, co-diagnosis, educate, educate, educate. You lay out treatment plan one, two, three in the patient, all right? And, and that's your style, okay? The second style is the sales style. 
the sales style came in dentistry. You remember this, Art. This is about 25 or 30 years ago. Sure. A lot of sales trainers from outside of dentistry yep. came in. I do remember dental. that in the 90s. And they started talking about overcoming objections and alternative of choice closes and close the sale, close the sale type of thing. And the third style of, of case presentation is a leadership style. Now, okay, leadership style, what that's about is helping patients advance in the direction of their best interest. See, that's what leaders do, Art. That's why I was saying earlier that young dentists need to hear what I'm saying, is that the, the treatment acceptance process is a process of leading patients to make the right dental health decision. Sometimes, Art, sometimes, hear, hear what I'm going to say carefully right now, sometimes it's in the best interest of the patient not to get their teeth fixed. Here's why. Because maybe they've got some other event in their life right. that will have more personal impact. Maybe they need to fix their marriage. Maybe they need to fix their diet. Maybe they need to, uh, 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 maybe they need, their, their kid needs to get out of college. There's lots of reasons why people can't get their teeth fixed. But my position on this is that present care Leaders are leaders present care in such a way that even though the patients aren't ready to say yes to it, they'll never forget how well you offered it. And when these patients become ready, they'll return to you. And, and Paul, this goes back to what you've taught for years, which is have I mean, I remember in, in your teaching that you talk about spending a one hour with a patient and getting to know what's going on in their lives. Right. I mean, if that's, you know, right? That's yeah. That, that's that's the whole that's the whole concept of knowing why patients want their teeth fixed and how it has to fit into their life. That's that's the leader's point of view, right? Why do you want your teeth fixed, and how does it need to fit into your life? The the, the dentist who uses the patient education model never really understands why, or never really understands how. They're too busy explaining, here's, here, here are the processes we're going to use to fix your teeth. Right. Right. This here's, is the occlusion the, and these are the margins and, and this is the tool the that we use. And that. this is, let me tell you about the impression material that we're going to use. Right. Right. And, and, and they never learn that, um, Michelle has got some good looking guy that's coming around yep. and smiling at her. Michelle doesn't give a two hoots about, um, cuss fossil relationships. Michelle, wants to go out to dinner with the guy. That's the reason she wants to get her teeth fixed. And those reasons why are never in the mouth are yeah. they're never in the yeah. x-rays. They're never in the scans. It's in people's lives. And you'll never discover why people want their teeth fixed. And are, I'm talking about, I'm talking about moderate to complex care patients. You've got young patients that need cleans and fillings. They're into the commodity aspect of dentistry. They're not looking for relationships. They don't have any major symptoms. Treat them and treat them, and they'll yep. love you for it. Get and, them in and get them out. And but they'll talking, send their parents who need this send kind their of care. Parents. Yeah. And so I, I'm talking about that 45-year-old-plus person who comes in who's had chronic conditions for a while, and there's a, there's a precipitating life event, a marriage, a divorce, a job promotion, a trip, a travel, a wedding. Something's coming up to where now – Good appearance, good dental health is important to them. Right. Now it becomes the reason why. COVID-19, 
is a reason why. We have another reason why. And that and that's that will be the basis of my work going forward, wow. probably for the foreseeable future, is how do we recommend complete care in the COVID nineteen era? Well, and that, I think yeah, go ahead. And, and I'm I can hardly wait to kind of get my uh, I've already sunk my teeth into that. I, I would tell your listeners, go to my website and listen to the video called Phantom of the Operatory. Yep. Aren't you listen to it? I did. It's at, it's at the bottom of my homepage. Yes. And start there. But um, well, it, case it, acceptance in the light of COVID-19 is, yeah. is going to be a significant body of work for well, me. Art. Paul, you and I could sit here and talk for days about this stuff. And I enjoy every minute. I've enjoyed every minute of this. We're getting to the about the end. What I'd like you to do is is to let the folks know one more time you know, how they can get a hold of you, how they can get a hold of your, your materials, um, you know, website, uh, and, and, and maybe give out that one more time that, um, uh, sure. that text and, and then we'll, uh, we'll wrap this up. Sure. You know, my website's my name, www.paulhomily.com. The website's easy to navigate and you can pull through it. The, the piece that I, I would really like for you to do that will be a fast track for you is go ahead on your smartphone, text the word leadership to 55444. That will send you a link directly into the online programs, making it easy for patients to say yes in case acceptance skills for new dentists. Or when I, when I produce these programs, this was all prior to COVID-19. I did not produce these programs with a worldwide pandemic right. in mind. And I none didn't of us, do it. Yeah. But the serendipity, the serendipity of it is there. They are exactly the leadership resources that dentists and teams need now. Well, I will tell you, Dr. Paul Homley, you are golden. Uh, I look forward to following what you come up with in the next coming weeks and months. And um, glad we've uh, re- re- reconnected again. And and your your information is is so timely and so valuable. And you know, folks, again, if 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 one of you out of the thousands of people that are listening to this webinar uh, to this podcast, if one of you has a has a brainstorm after listening to this and says, you know, he's right. I need to take total complete care of my patients. And you know what? Not everybody is gonna is, is gonna accept it. And that's okay. Then I have done my job. Dr. Paul has done his job. Uh please go to his website. Please look at his stuff. Uh when he becomes available, uh I, I don't think he's going to be doing anything live anytime soon, but I'm sure he'll be on the internet and on webinars and podcasts. Please listen to him. Uh, so if you want to get a hold of me, because we'll wrap this up and uh, uh, basically give me a call at 714-505-9000, uh, artweederman at gmail.com. Uh, we've got resources uh, if you want. Uh, our firm website is www.hmwccpa.com. Uh, and we're merging with Ide Bailey in uh, July. So that's www.idebailey.com. Some great resources from them. Uh, Decisions in Dentistry, www.decisionsindentistry.com. Great clinical content. A lot of really good stuff on COVID-19. And you can, again, request a 30-minute complimentary consultation with a member of the Academy of Dental CPAs. And again, folks, if you're not working with one of us, 
at the ADCPA. Uh, there is no better time. We are living this PPP and uh, this uh, EIDL nightmare, and they're changing the rules every single day. Uh, in fact, I, I will tell you that as we speak uh, today, uh, which is May twenty. May 26th, uh, the House of Representatives is, is in the process of passing a bill to change the PPP program, and we're going to have details on that and programs coming up. Uh, we're going to be staying on top of that, as is every member of the ADCPA. Uh, and, and, and for all of you, please stay safe, stay healthy. Dr. Paul Homley, God bless you and everything that you've done for thousands and thousands of dentists in the country and around the world and, and, and what you're going to do, because I think that your, your coolest work is, is to come, don't you think? You know what? I can hardly wait. I'm well, telling you, I can hardly wait to continue producing my essays on leadership, to continue producing tools that dentists can evolve into complete care dentists, do more of the dentistry they love, have less stress, make more money, and and really get the rewards from dentistry that you've earned and deserve. That's that's my mission. It, it's a mindset, folks. Once you get that mindset, your life will change. We're not selling anything here. We're giving you an opportunity to change your life for the better. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for this uh, edition of the Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman, CPA. Please stay safe, stay healthy, um, and God bless every one of you in the dental profession. It's a great profession, and I'm going to give you my five words that I give at the end of every single podcast since I've since this started in the middle of March. Failure is not an option. You will be successful. You will do well. You will come out of this very well. And if you listen to what Dr. Homley is talking about, this is an opportunity for you to really change people's lives. So thank you again for listening. Please tell all your friends about our podcast and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. 